It's been a good week, though. It's been a great week. Like, I had a great week. Between... That's like, a, actually getting... Sprite for everybody listening. I drink Sprites because... I want a Sprite sponsorship! Sprite sponsored the Slam Dunk Contest, and it was great. Then they stopped sponsoring the Slam Dunk Contest, and, and it, it wasn't good anymore. I liked your tweet. You, you tweeted that. <laughs> yeah, I tweeted that. funny as fuck. <laughs> Yeah. Have you seen that Eric Andre show skit where oh, he's trying to get sprite? a Sprite yeah, sponsorship yeah, yeah. and he's yeah, like, he's a rollerblader and he's got like his leg broken or whatever? Oh, that's so funny. Sprite. Sprite's a great brand. Mute your phone, Kyler, during I'm the sorry. podcast. I'm sorry! <laughs> Ooh, I threw it away. It yeah. will no longer be bothering us. Alright, welcome back to the Dormitory Discourse. Um, we're recording another episode now. This was officially our third one. But Officially our fourth. Fourth, but it might be the second one you guys hear because, um, or we don't want to get in bore you with the details. But well, one day we'll release some other podcast, maybe. Movie magic. Yeah, movie magic. Yeah, movie magic. But podcast. Yeah, podcast magic. But today, I guess we're just gonna talk. We don't. Yeah, we're have, just we don't have any preset topics. Well, there wasn't really time. anything crazy going on. Yeah. I'm sure there is. Oh, oh, we're about. talking about that Russian spy who uh, got killed. Got off, yeah. bro. Oh, and then, poison scandal. And, oh no, he didn't get killed. They, he's still alive. They he saved did? him. Yeah, they, 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 uh, oh. they managed to get him, but yeah, he's in critical condition. I, I just saw that he got poisoned, and yeah, there was some poisoned. crazy, like. Sarin gas. Yeah. Poison. It was some crazy poison that would so kill him. So obviously, it's some highly sophisticated organization who orchestrated this. I'm not Dude. saying it's the Russian government. I was going to say, are you saying it's the Russian government? It probably is. Probably was. Allegedly. I don't know. Nothing's been proven. It's like but, how Putin. But it's happened before. They've killed uh, this, uh, this former Russian like traders in the UK before. Well, so they wanted to kill the who is it, like the owner of the. Oh yeah, that's a that's a theory, but he's not very Putin doesn't like that guy, so they tried to kill. Well, people say that Roman Abramovich, the owner of Chelsea Football Club, bought the club in order to uh, Save his stay own safe life. from assassination, which is like a, I, it's plausible, possibly. It's plausible. You know that guy's like a... Uh, I'll actually say that off the podcast. I'll pause this, actually. Anyway. True. True. Um, that's very interesting. In this modern day and age that Russia's still... Uh, I know. I can't Killing people in other countries. I know. And and Russia's, nowhere, such, a, nowhere Russia's such a crazy place compared to the rest of the world. Yeah. Like, there's mm-hmm. no other superpower in the world that's quite like Russia. China's Russia. close, Putin but they're not... They're not Russians. Yeah, they you know don't kill mean? their uh, dissidents in foreign lands. Putin denies it, though. Russia denies. It. Yeah. Well, of okay. Course. Yeah, they did. Of course, they'll deny it. But yeah. if they really didn't want anybody to know, they would have got this guy and like made it seem like a fake robbery or something. Exactly. And just shot him, not yeah. use some polonium or some crazy shit. Now they want to strike fear into the yeah. hearts of the Russian spies that go against them. So if you're ever a Russian spy, I recommend you don't go against Putin. Yeah, it's don't really become easy. a traitor. Uh, Yep, for all the aspiring Russian spies that listen to us, please be warned. Putin will get you. How would they recruit for- foreigners now to be spies, though? Because there's, like, nothing that Russia really can attract on. you on now. Before, it could be communism, and if you believe in communism, they'd get you, like, an American kid who, like, they got him. True. They convinced him about it's communism. like how ISIS is now. Yeah. They just get people. But now, they're just like everybody else, so they have nothing to stand out. They're just capitalist power with the I guess if you love Putin if you have a cult love his cult of personality but I don't know there's not, nothing that would uh, no the way love, they could recruit double yeah, agents and shit I see anymore. the love around Putin still blows my mind like he is honestly like love there uh, it's it's split though most people uh, but I was the people who like him like think he's like oh yeah awesome well, people still there's still people who like Stalin and stuff even though all he did so Putin comparatively didn't do as much and he united the country in a tough time so of course there's going to be some people who are true true Russians and Putin yeah whenever people like think Putin isn't a crazy motherfucker I always just point out the fact that he was in the KGB and he's the richest the, guy on earth no it was, he was in the KGB when the, it was like crazy to be in the KGB yeah like he would have been in the KGB in like the 60s and like the 50s and 70s Billy and I were talking earlier about how uh how crazy that training must have been and like what that does to you as a human being because like, they probably drown you and they do a bunch of stuff to you just to make sure you're tough enough and like you won't give up secrets to the enemy back then especially True. so they probably put him through some crazy shit and like now he's a tough tough motherfucker it shows yeah and it shows in his he's face all the man. time he never smiles that's true because 
smiling as and when he does smile it's like you can see like it's a it's from a place of power and he's he's uh showing his power through his smile oh everything when i think of putin i think of power that's the just straight up yeah raw power power he's a power he's a powerful man too he's a little short but like he's powerful he's strong probably strong probably he's probably killed a couple people probably yeah in the kgb i'm sure that that was part of the Duty to Mother Russia back then. Duty to Mother Russia. Yeah. But uh, Putin's an interesting man. Brendan yeah. has a picture of him in his room. Really? Yeah, it's, it's a joke. But True. He's wearing a superhero costume. It's pretty cool. It's like my uh, Welcome to the Party Yeah. poster. It shows all the famous communist leaders. Welcome to the party. When I came to university, I thought it would actually be a lot more left-wing. But I guess maybe it's just the people hang, around, hang out around a lot. I would say we're generally more liberal, like everybody here, like just well, on yeah. the basis of society. Cities also are more liberal, and yeah. like 80% of our students come from the GTA. But we're not, like we're still pretty conservative in mindset on this floor, I would say. Yeah, I would agree with that. And even the people I've talked to in, uh, on campus, they're, I think the tide's shifting. Yeah? Yeah. Because there's been so much change so quickly. It went too far. It went, it went too far. Yeah. And people didn't know when to say stop. Yeah. So now the population is like... They know like it's gone too far. They want to say stop, and the only way you can do that, I guess, and adopt democracy is vote the other way, right? So, yeah. well, I think in the sixties and stuff, it was going too far the other way, to the right, maybe with the Vietnam War and stuff like that. So people sought refuge in the left, and the hippies and stuff came. And then it went too far for the last maybe. ten years, probably. Yeah, but it's slowly it's been less. building up. Maybe even less than yeah. Honestly, really, it's only been as far as I remember. All this like stuff about like gender and like all that like i'm not the trying to take away the free speech debates and stuff yeah like i'm not trying to take away from those debates but that seems to have only have started five years ago max some people are going crazy with it that's what's turning people off too yeah because it's, it's there's uh, a valid argument underneath all arguments i would yeah, think it's out of a good intentions like for sure but for example out of trying not to be racist some people are just being more racist, for example, like bigotry of low expectations, for example, when uh, I was watching a YouTube thing out of it, when uh, some people are quick to defend other cultures for stuff we would never accept of ourselves in Canada, for example, like female genital mutilation and stuff, but when you, like somebody who's super left-wing or a cultural relativist, they would be say, oh, it's their culture, like, they would, they wouldn't, they would kind of excuse it, but that, I would say that's kind of racist, because you're not yeah. applying the same well, standards the same to everybody. Thing, like Imagine in, like, Nazi Germany, that people were just like, well, just because we hate Jews, that's just our culture. You know what I mean? No, that's like, more of an ideology, like... like but I think it would shift to culture if they would, like, stay, if they yeah. would have stayed in I guess it's the same thing, but out of trying not to offend people and out of trying to make everything, like, equal and stuff, people have been... I think that's one of the most racist things I think being offended a good, is a good thing. It means, like, you have yeah. something worth, like, fighting for, for sure, yeah. like... When you have no one, you can't being, be offended. At when everything. you have no one being offended, you have no arguments happening. You have no. Like, it's true. You have no uh, growth. But offense right? shouldn't be the first, first reaction. It should be, it's the most natural reaction. But like, when people go on news, they just oh, I'm outraged, and they have the outrage. And when some guy messes up on TV, they bring up people who are just outraged. Yeah, okay, you're outraged. Do that in your personal time, but like, bring constructive things to the table. Yeah. Not just be outraged. Exactly. Know? There's no growth yeah. if you just. Say, this is bad, and you don't say why it's bad, you don't say how to fix it. It's fun to be outraged, too. It makes you feel good, know. like you're doing something, but you're not. That's true. It's fun to argue. It is. That's why people... Arguments are good. Arguments are good. They're but fun. They're outrage good. is not good. What do you think, Billy, on just outrage? Outrage? Outrage culture. On both we sides. Do. On Honestly, all sides of political spectrum. It's, uh, it's just outrage everywhere. It's good for the soul. It is. Like, like my chicken noodle soup. Not in the public... Like my chicken noodle soup. A public square. It, shouldn't, it should be a personal thing, you know? Nah, it's, I think, there's a, as long as it's not me, I'm okay with anyone going to, like, Times Square or something, like, making a big scene, because, like, I'll see it on the internet the next thing and make me laugh. Yeah, I, I know that, but, you know, just to bring, just moving society forward, just being outraged all the time. Doesn't I mean, as, really long as, some, as long as someone has something to say, yeah. as long as people are willing to hear it, then, if you have a valid argument, I'd say, why not? Sure. Let your voice be heard. I guess. Bring speech. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, I'm saying it's not a good thing to do, you know, there's a difference. Yeah, there's once a better start, way. Let's just start going extreme with it and like yeah. hurting people. There's a and there's a better way to solve issues than yeah. just discourse, outrage. like what this podcast is titled. That's the best way to solve issues. Yeah, 
sit down and sit Stop being average. Stop making, painting everybody as good. And that's like the one thing I do respect about like Steven Crowder. As much of, like, he's so right wing, he's so biased and he pretends to not be yeah. in a lot of his videos, which is kind of infuriating, but in his videos where he says like, he makes a political statement and then he says, change my mind. Mm. I think those videos are so, no, so that's well the done. Best way to do that's stuff, the best way to do things. And it's just funny to see the outrage culture come out. That's the best mean? part of his channel. His, when he's in the studio, I don't really like him that much. But when, oh. he, when he goes out, he's hilarious. He's a comedian too, also. Yeah. So he's uh, he's comfortable with people talking and stuff like that. So, I think that'd be the so hard to do to sit there and have like ideas that you believe in, be like kind of made but, fun of. But the ridiculed. people who are challenging him aren't very sophisticated in the way they do it. Like it's not that hard to refute their arguments most of the time. No, and, uh, but right. he cuts out some stuff where. I don't know if he does. No, he does. I don't think he does cut. Or I, think I know, but maybe, maybe like when somebody sits down that kind of rips them apart, I'm sure he wouldn't put that on his own channel, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, true, yeah. Like, I it, see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, someone comes in and really shows. Like, I'm sure a professor, I, I, actually I'm not sure, but like, I'm sure. There's potential. There's that, a professor at one of these universities yeah. who's super smart, who just does, dis disagrees with him, who could defeat him in an argument. That doesn't mean his ideas are better or worse. It just means this person is more skilled at conveying his views or her views. So, and they just have more experience yeah. usually, right? Yeah. And if it's the topic that they're specialized in, mm -hmm. they should win the argument. And right? this guy's just a he's just normal guy. Just a dude, yeah. So, but overall, yeah, I think that that's it's my favorite moving. thing about the uh, media right now, though. It's so many just regular guys. Yeah. And it's not there's not as much corporate money in media as there used to be, especially with like YouTube and with YouTube and stuff. But the mainstream is all it's even worse now. But I would say that like the mainstream is kind of fading into obscurity. With with the youth, yeah, but with the with everybody else, it's still there. Like with our parents and yeah, like, with our grandparents. But like, we're and they're the, ones... the decision makers, though. Yeah, but we're the ones who are going to be. I know in right? the future. It's bright for the future, but the present is grim. Yeah, because the mainstream media still controls a lot of stuff. And on all, like I said, all sides. I think it's all part of the same game. Nobody's out there fighting for the man. No, it's all. Not. They're all corporate. corporate. And uh, I think it's all, like the MSNBC is just as bad as Fox News. And CNN, they're all terrible. I think you should source your media. Listening to both sides, actually. I think you should source your media. I think, oh yeah, listening to both sides is so critical. Because they're both right. Like they don't lie all the time. They just bend the truth. So if you listen to both sides of the you truth, you can see where the truth really yeah, lies. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes they do lie. But yeah, most of the time, no. It's just most of the time, they're not. Yeah, especially because they're sworn in as like a, like a new source. And I think and like to... yeah, they can't. It goes against their code of ethics. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they have code of ethics. Yeah. What, do we, what else do you want to talk about? I don't know. I was watching the NHL this mm -hmm. morning. And I'm so excited for the future of the NHL. Yeah? Yeah. I think it's going to be exciting you, uh, times. talked about some complaints you had. About yeah, last week. I'd say that they're going too big with the NHL, though. Too I will say teams? that. Too many teams. So it's a money-making business. I know. But the more teams you pump in, the less skilled all the teams become yeah right you're diluting this but maybe they just have a pool of skill that they're not using right now from like foreign leagues or something like that you know i don't know mean? no like obviously there's a lot of really good hockey players out there yeah. but the difference between the best players on every team and the and the worst is so huge yeah potentially right but i think the level might step up if if like if you're one of these new teams and you're really bad and you have to face like a good team that was there a longer time, like the level will just, when you play the better players, it will just improve. I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. when you're put in the, in a day-to-day, -day, like week by week, you're going to have to step up. So yeah. Eventually yeah. The level. Or else you just continue yeah. to lose and yeah. you don't make money. Mm -hmm. You're right. But the way they did the draft last year, I think was, I think they screwed it up. Like they the made Vegas, draft? yeah, they yeah. made Vegas too strong. Yeah. Like, Maybe it was intentional because they have a huge... People like you cheer for them now. Yeah, I do. I like the Vegas Knights. I think they're a, like, kind of like a Cinderella story. You know, first team, in the first new team in a while that I can remember. Yeah. I'm not that old, mind you. And they're first in their league. Oh, the Jets. Just behind. They're not new, though. Yeah, but like they're the first team to ever do this well. Because yeah. the Jets just relocated, right? Yeah, I guess. And this is just a... I guess this is the first brand new team that I know of. Yeah. Maybe. It, it was a while. It was, I forget who was the last team before that. Would have been like early two thousands, like yeah. maybe Atlanta Thrashers, but yeah. they turned into the Winnipeg Jets. And then they come from the Calgary, were they in Calgary before the Atlanta Thrashers? No, um, 
They were in... Jeez, I don't even know. I'm not... I'm not super up to date on NHL history. You got the laptop there? Can you look that up real quickly? What am I looking up? Atlanta Thrashers, where they came from. Where'd you come from? Where'd you go? Where'd, Where'd you come from? from? Carnacho. <laughs> it's my elevator music to keep the people interested. Atlanta, Georgia? Well, yeah. That's what they are from Atlanta, Georgia. That's what they, that's what came but from. you know where they were before that? Or oh. if they were a new team? Like if they joined the NHL in... 1999. Okay. As a new team or as from a different team? I think it's as a new team. Yeah, okay. so maybe they just made a new team, yeah. But I, I know they had some ties with Calgary. I don't, maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I, honestly have, I have no idea. I can't even comment. I have no clue. Sorry, this. I'm sure this has been uh, not very entertaining so far. But we'll, we'll try. Our best I'm sure someone's out there just pulling out their hair saying, mm-hmm. You idiots. Atlanta came from this team. Yeah, How do you not yeah. know that? Write it on a postcard and send it. Send it to me. Yes, and then on we can... Post- f- we can find out a little bit about you and where you're from and the nice postcard. The nicest place to where you're from. But hey, postcards are nice, you know? Like, I haven't got get, a postcard in very long. You get a little little mail. So Especially with in residence, you get the little mail notification. You're like, ooh, yeah. I got mail. You go pick it up, you sign for it. You're all excited. I love getting mail. Yeah, that's why uh, I think at first the novelty of Amazon, like just getting a new package on, on your door, that probably... Made a lot of people use it. Was the catalyst? Because I love getting it. And like I, better than going to the store and buying something, I love getting it in the mail. It's more exciting because you've waited for it for. Well, now you don't really have to wait for it for no, too like long. You but get next day delivery. When I was little, you know, you'd have to wait for like a week or two, and you'd be thinking about it and be, oh, it's gonna be here True. this day, and maybe it gets delayed. My parents don't really believe in ordering things online because they're like, shop local, blah blah, yeah. blah, and they are like that. And I do feel that. I feel bad for the stores that I see that go out of business. Like, for instance, my local bookstore called yeah. Millennia Books is going out of... They're not going out of business, but the ladies are tiring. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of sad to see, like, the bookstore that used to be yeah, in our town closing down. There's a lot of personal pain that comes along with technological progress. Any um, any personal or, like, local um, video store where, like, they sell or yeah. you can buy rent movies, those are down the train, man. Yeah. Blockbuster... That Remember going like to the that. Blockbuster or Jumbo Video as a kid yeah. and get, picking out a movie with your parents for like Jumbo for video the week? To renting shit. movies? I remember we had that. Movie Gallery. It was the best. They had video games at Movie Gallery too, so yeah, you could rent video, video games, games for a too, week. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, like, for a week, that's enough time to like get into the video oh, yeah, game. Yeah. So what we used to do is rent the video game for like $3 or whatever it is. Excuse me. And then we, if you liked the game, we would just buy it. Mm-hmm. Your save would still be on your mm-hmm. computer, so you just put it in the, or on your... Uh, I think we had a GameCube at the time. Oh, yeah. So your save would still be on your GameCube. So you just pop in your new disc that you own now and just continue on from where you That's left true. off. Yeah. It was the best. There's a lot of little things that people... I guess they'll find joy in the new stuff. I guess we just are nostalgic about our youth. No, that's true for sure. I, would, I wouldn't I would rather still have yeah. Movie Gallery yeah, over Netflix. Over Netflix. Yeah. But it's still nice to think about, you know, well, when I was a young lad. Yeah, it brings me back I, to my, my childhood. Throwing rocks and stuff, just being a kid. You know? What What is your most like vivid childhood memory? Do you have a vivid childhood memory? Uh, I don't know. Like, I remember like playing soccer with my friends a lot. I remember like those memories a lot. Just hanging out with your like playing with your friends, like going somewhere with your parents. Like, vacations are always memorable, stuff like that. Yeah, true. But I'm like, you know, those little things that you remember, like little conversations yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I know. That, that sticks with you more, I guess. It's so weird how that does stick with you, though. Yeah. Like, what is it? When I was probably, oh geez, I would have been like 10 years old, I got selected to go on this like local TV station mm-hmm. to like answer trivia, and it was just like a little, it wasn't a big deal. Like yeah. it was in a local arena, yeah. like for when there was a hockey tournament going on, they were just having kids answer like hockey trivia. Mm-hmm. And I had the question, who was the last person to ever not wear a helmet in the NHL? Mm-hmm. The answer is Craig McTavish, and I still remember that. I still remember like doing the trivia. Right? Yeah, that's the right oh, answer. Okay. No, but did you on the trivia get it right? No, they just told you the right answer, oh. so you would get it right. Wow. Yeah. You're giving out the secrets, bro. Was this live TV? No. It was like our local, yeah. like local, local TV station. Like It's like no local... CKWS. Yeah. Like local, like local. news, but like yeah. worse. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. It's just so crazy how I remember that stuff. Or what else do I remember doing all the time when I was a kid? Oh, my dad... And I used to go on, like, bike rides all the time through town. Yeah. Oh, I remember, yeah, bike rides with my dad, too. My dad used to take me biking. I, I remember, 
in one summer, I think it was between grade three and four, um, my dad didn't, like, I think he got off work at, like, one or two. And in the summer, he'd take me to the library, and we'd just bike down there, both That's of us. Cool. And, like, he, I don't know what, he'd read his own book or, like, get his own book or whatever, and I'd, like, be in the book library and just getting books all the time. That that was a routine we had for that that whole summer. It was pretty good. Yeah, and I think that's so important. Just mentioning the library, I think reading is so critical to early development yeah. of like children. It is because I know that I read a lot of books when I was a kid. My mom read a lot of books to me, and then I just picked up the habit. Yeah, and I like reading still to this day. And it helped me with my schoolwork so much. Oh, it's the just easiest way to writing skills, knowledge. reading skills. Like, you just know more stuff. Yeah, you just know more. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the reasons why I'm actually like here at university today is because I read so much as a kid. Yeah. Even, you would have probably made university. It's hard to say, though. It's hard to say because all my friends aren't that type, right? And I kind of was that type right off the bat. I was the type to always be the one to like do my homework all the time and read, and I love yeah. to learn new things. And that was instilled in me right at the beginning of my life. Sure. And I started reading, right? And I started, like, I started reading Narnia. And it showed me this magical world. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Like, I'd love to, like, do this all the time and be lost in this book. Helps develop your imagination. Right? Too, I guess. And so I think it was just so critical to me, like, furthering my education it's true. in general. I think, like, things like reading, things like music and art, they're really important for children because it really allows them to expand, like, a, wor- or, like, a world beyond the material. Like, it allows you to understand, like, an immaterial world, which is what differentiates us from, like, other animals, and that's what makes you human. So I think it's very important to, like, to explore that kind of stuff. And it's too bad because, like, arts and... Arts are just being underfunded in general, like... Yeah. If you're a poor kid, you're kind of screwed. But if you have the resources... It's just too bad. Because most schools just want to have their kids at the end of graduation be able to read and write. Well, you need the basics first, That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, it is... I guess reading, reading, reading is about is, as basic a skill as it gets. Yeah. You should know that. So I don't think they, like, literature and stuff like that is pretty well, it's pretty well taught in Canadian schools, I'd say. Like, they teach I think it depends books. on your school, and I think it depends on which stream you're in. Yeah. Because I know, like, I did, like, university English, obviously, and it was, it was great. We read Shakespeare, mm-hmm. we read uh, classic novels, like, I read All Quiet on the Western Front and yeah. The Quiet American. Yeah. Great novels. But I think if you go into the college stream and... But that's uh, a choice you have. That's and the workplace you. stream. But, I don't know, I don't think it is a choice because you kind of get forced into one stream or the other. Like, without... I don't know. There's a lot of kids in my area that didn't necessarily get to pick. They just... They got the marks that they got in grade, tw- grade, grade 10. Nine. Or grade, grade 10. Because yeah. that's when you get to choose well, which way. The, isn't there, like, an applied and an academic in grade 9 and 10, too? So you get to choose in grade 9 and 10 already for us. All right. Then I'll, oh, you got you guys have to take the top English in grade nine. And 10. No, no, oh. but like, so say you're coming to grade nine. Mm-hmm. Say you didn't really like school in grade eight, mm-hmm. and you didn't find it interesting. You didn't like learning. You had a bad grade eight teacher, maybe. I guess, yeah. And you got poor marks. All of a sudden, you're in applied. Yeah. You're not going to switch from applied to academic. Typically, there's some people that yeah. do, but it's a huge, it's a hard switch to make because you have to take a bunch of makeup classes. Yeah. So once you're in grade nine applied and you're committed. You're kind of screwed. Like, it's hard to well, go the yeah, other way. Yeah, you're not going to university, pretty much, almost. Because if you need the for you to get into university. Right? And think about the kind of person that you were in when you were 13 years old yeah. in grade 8. Right? That's so different yeah, the from who you are now. Very early and on. the decision that you would have made in grade 8 would have changed the course of the rest of your life. Yeah. I think it's lost on me what kind of people, like, 13-year-old kids are. Like, right? Like, if that decision was given to me now, I... I have the foresight to think four or five years oh, of ahead. Of course, but it's hard to do that when you're yeah. 13 when you're thirteen, twelve, you're not, you're not right? that mature to think. Like you probably necessarily gonna... don't even have a job. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, you're just a kid. Like you're just you're... a kid. Yeah. And so I think it's so crazy that that choice is given, and I know parents obviously influence that choice a lot. Like if your parent does know that you are skilled enough, but some parents aren't. But some parents don't with care. The system. Some parents don't care. Some too. parents don't even know. Like, they're not that involved in their kid's life. They're like, oh, apply, like, maybe maybe they just don't know, you know? Yeah, which is too bad because I think there's a lot of kids, especially in our my rural area, who are smart, who are very smart kids. Mm. They're just lazy, and or not even necessarily that. They're, they're lazy, academically or they don't, they don't care enough, Yeah. right? And so now they're just, it's not that they're not getting good jobs. Like, they're all going to become, like, electricians or plumbers or whatever, and that's a great job. 
And we That's need, we we need way more of that. Yeah. But I think it's good to give yourself the opportunity to try. Well, I can still become an electrician. Opponent. Exactly. Like, I can go to college and do it. And it's not that expensive if I live at home and do, go to college, you know? Exactly. But, but it's so, I think it's so important that you at least have the opportunity to do whatever path you want, right? Mm-hmm. You're limiting yourself the, the more you're kind of settling into that. It's true. Well, so that was an interesting topic. You guys have anything else you want to talk school's, about? School's school? tough. Yeah, school's... Not for everyone. Yeah, for some people it's easy. Like I hate or I don't know. I think our school system's not good right now, though. Perfect. It's not, well, it's obviously not, it's, it's good, and Canadians are one of the most educated populations in mm-hmm. the world, but I think we should honestly move closer to where the U.S. is, and with more, with more, standardized. more standardized testing. I've talked to some people, there's pros and cons against of it, because if you have a bad day, you're kind of screwed. Like, my dad was talking to me, and they had standardized tests, like, where he grew up when he was younger, and he said, like, some kid in his class, like, his dad died before the standardized test you have to write. So imagine the effect that would have on you, so... You could take it again and stuff, but it would still kind of suck. I was going to say, would they really make... In, like, no, today's no, day and age, they wouldn't make yeah, them write it. Yeah, back then, you kind of had to write it. Like, yeah. You're kind of screwed. But, uh... There's, like... You could have... You can just not be good at tests, for example. Like, you could be a smart yeah, kid and just not course. do good at tests. But on the other hand, I was talking to a prof here. He teaches eng- engineering, and he was talking to me about the difference in intellect he gets in his class, in his first-year engineering class. Because some, like... Some high schools inflate marks. Some high schools, like, don't. Like, it's harder to get good marks in some high schools. And it really depends about where you come from. Yeah. And he said, like, if there's a standard across Canada or across Ontario or something where this is it, you need to get this, everybody does the same thing. And then that determines it, determines whether you get into or not into a program. He was talking about... And, yeah, I don't even think it should be necessarily that far. Like, the SATs are tough. I think something like that needs to be implemented, though. But... Because right now, what are they comes, really picking up? When it your... comes down to that only to get into university, oh, that your grades think, as well. Yeah, but I think grades should have a higher. And you probably write an essay or something. They should do more systems because yeah. if you if you do a regular arts science kind of thing, like not McMaster Health Sci or not Ivy or not one of those things, just a regular pro- university program. Yeah, you apply on OUAC, they see your top six. That's it, it's right? True. You don't even write an essay. Most American schools, you write something. That's true, actually. I got into Western. I didn't. All I did was apply. Yeah. I didn't do any. There was no secondary testing. Like Queens, at least they asked me for a supplementary application. Yeah. But that was optional for most schools too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You're right. And I know kids who got into Queens without even doing the supplementary application. Yeah. So it's hard because, and especially when you come from a school that does inflate grades so much, and you didn't necessarily get the best, craziest education. Yeah. Because you get to university and you're used to getting those 95s. And you're used to getting the 95s with only putting in, like, this much effort. Mm-hmm. And now, if you want to get a 75, you have to put in double that effort. And you're going getting, temp- like, 20% lower Especially than Especially if you're in something like engineering or, like, yeah. health side or something like that. With tough courses. Or even, like, like for me, for instance, like, I'm, I have some comp sci classes. Yeah. But I was never allowed to take comp sci in high school like I didn't have the time mm-hmm. and then our comp sci at high school was just like web based stuff like, it was really really quite yeah. simple and then I guess university I've never coded before and which I, I know there's some kids that would have been in the same boat as me but they're actually in comp sci as their mm-hmm. major and all of a sudden they get smacked yeah right whereas some kids come from a university but I think if you're comp sci major you, like it's you're interested in it like you, yeah, you, you, there's something about it you know but there's such a disparity between like, schools, for, just for comp sci. I, I'm not too worried about, like, once you're in university, like, it's all on you. Like, you That's have true. the opportunity to succeed, and you should be able to adapt. It's really... That's true. Like, but the road up to it, because you're a grown, like, you're a grown man now. Like, I can I can see the difference in myself at 18, and I'm still young. Like, I'm still, there's still a long way for me to go, but I can, there's a stark difference between you and now and you at 13. Oh, my goodness. So, like, nobody really needs to help you now. <laughs> like, you, I'm sure you've adapted, like, the, f- the amount of freedom they give you at university is crazy. Like, you adapt quickly. You do. And I think those who don't adapt, you notice right yeah, away. Yeah. And they aren't here for long, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I was saying to my, f- my parents, too. That university work isn't really that much harder than high school work. There's just that much more of it's it. A lot yeah, more. It's a lot more. And it's, like, nobody's there to make sure you do it. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest difference. So, if, in high school, I think if you were the one to do your work on time, mm-hmm. and you tried to do it your best, I think you'll do fine in high school. Yeah. In university, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, in university. 
yes. So you don't think there should be an SAT thing here? I think that there should be some sort of testing, but I don't think... I think the SAT relies too much on itself. Like, I think you know, American universities rely so much on the SAT mm -hmm. that it kind of skews results as well. Yeah. You right? can take it a couple times, but I guess, like, if you're not good at tests, you're not good at tests. But, but I, yeah, so I was thinking maybe, like, mandatory supplementary applications and stuff so for yeah. universities. That would be good. Yeah. Again, it wouldn't be that hard, it right? It costs more like, to read them and stuff, I guess, for to hire those people. Yeah, but AI is getting so good. Yeah. You could... You could have AI go through it and pick out keywords that you like and give those kids applications. With AI, we might not even have to go to school or work. They could do everything. We just get a, a check from the government. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. But then everything's government-owned. Mm -hmm. Like Mother Russia. Is that really, back in the day. Yeah, is that really, <laughs> is that really what we would want? I, I, I don't want that. Land. I don't want that. I think that once... I think if government took over industry like that, mm -hmm. there would be no growth. Yeah. absolutely no growth honestly i don't know much about ai like i think what the media and we're like pretty we far news we're pretty far from that no like what they put out i think that it's like sci-fi kind of ai and like if like a computer science like if we talked to like a phd working on ai here it would be completely different than what we imagine it to be i think the media gives us the wrong image of what it is i think so too but also it's important to know that there are crazy applications of AI being out, like, mm -hmm. that are out there right now that yeah. you don't even hear about. But the majority of AI stuff is, like, it's so innocuous, and it's good that the fears are there so that, like, it doesn't become an apocalyptic scenario. Yeah, of course. But I heard it's some quote about AI, something about, like, we have to understand the fears before because it's something, like, could destroy society. But with any other innovation, the, the potential for, like, wrong, like, you realize it after you create it. But with AI, you have to you have to know before. Yeah, that's kind of that just kind of made me think about the atomic bombs. Yeah, like you know when like I wonder if the people who were working on the Manhattan Project like obviously they knew what it was going to be used for. Yeah, they knew, bro. They knew exactly. Yeah, exactly. What so like, I don't know if I could like morally work on that project. I don't know. A lot of like the mindset back then was steeped in nationalism and that's like, true. it was during a war and there's probably a lot of fear so that's true they probably but, like, you. the Americans were already beating Japan yeah but they didn't mm -hmm. probably tell them this is we're gonna drop this on Hiroshima and Nagasaki they no of course said. not but like when you're working and on the Nazis were working on a bomb too so they probably were like uh, yeah we gotta get one too so. that's true and the Nazis would have no yeah they would have no qualms you. about that yeah just such a crazy invention technology's so cool technology's the coolest thing yeah it's always a like, good. it's so crazy that in like the year 1200, life was just, you know, life. And in the year 1400, same stuff. Maybe you have a, you have a new king by now, or a new king or queen. Or a new way to plow your field after 200 years. Maybe even not. Like, maybe yeah. even not, right? Yeah. The rate of like, scientific findings. has exponentially was, increased yeah. after the Industrial Revolution. It's, it's crazy. I think that's what AI is going That's exactly really what uh, Homo Deus, um, no, uh, Sapiens is about. That's what it focuses on. That the, the rate of expansion and, and like it talks about a bunch of different things but I, I, I recommend you read I, I, I still want to I think I'm going to read this summer so when I'm like working for the moving company mm -hmm. I think every time I'm in the truck I'll just I'll start reading you'll it you'll get through it quick too because it's, it's very easy book. to read same with yeah. uh, Homo Deus I got yeah. through it in a week and it's a like 600 page book yeah. and, but it was so intriguing right? yeah, it was so interesting to look into the future it was honestly like looking through a magnifying glass into like a future dimension of earth yeah. it was so cool to me I, i'm gonna read that in the summer too i i could highly recommend it. i recommend it to anyone out there we should start a book club the a dormitory book. discourse book club when we no talk time, about books man. we have time to read a book i guess you could do it once a you month could, you could do it once a month you could do it once whenever you want it doesn't yeah, even need true. to be a schedule it's our discourse yeah we're allowed to do whatever we want yeah. the viewers don't even matter Okay, so uh, Billy was in a curling competition this week. Oh, yeah. Would you like to provide us insight on that curling competition? You were telling me what for. It was just like, it was just this one little like mini competition up in Wyarton. Like it was like my mom was sort of in it with like her sisters and her niece and whatnot. So she's just like, hey, come on, son, let's go. Mm -hmm. Turns out I suck at curling. It's so, very hard. But it's so fun. Curling is so a lot fun. Of fun. Mm -hmm. And they ended up winning the competition anyway. Oh, so you, you won yeah. something. That's great. No, I didn't win something. Oh. I wasn't actually in the competition. Oh, you were they were just like, yeah. they're just like, hey, why don't you just like, 
throw the rock once. Oh, okay. And after I completely and horribly fucked it up, they're just like, yeah, no, we're not gonna do it. Oh, like you did, you actually comp- like, competed though. Like, yeah, that was for like, a, that was yeah, to win something. Yeah, yeah, like, they're just like, all right, we'll let you try this round. Like, oh, okay. you gotta sweep, you gotta sweep. No, you kind of, yo, it's gone. All right, you just yeah. got it. Mm-hmm. Curling, I've done it once. I was quite young, but I, it was one of the hardest things I've done. Yeah. It's very really? difficult. Ice sports aren't I was pretty good at it, actually. We did it in, I loved my grade 12 gym class. So grade 12 gym for me, was all about finding new sports that you've never tried before. Okay. So we did golf, curling, lawn bowling. Lawn uh, bowling's shit. Lawn bowling's also so fun. It's really similar to curling. Yeah. But it's just really cool. I liked it a lot. Um, what else did we play? We just played like a bunch of crazy weird sports. We went swimming, just random stuff like that. And that's where I tried curling for the first time, and it was so much fun. We did it for a whole week, and you go there, and the ice, the ice is so weird. It's like bumpy. And, like, it's all about, like, finesse. So you go down and you just twist your arm a little bit. Mm. And the rock will, like, curl around and hit another rock. It's so cool. I think it's so it's so strategic that it makes it really fun. Yeah. It is. Like, it's, to release it at the right point and the form. And, and sliding. And sliding. Because I usually, when I curled, I always overshot because it's hard to judge. It's hard, it is hard to get the right weight. Yeah, so. Because if you go too hard and you just completely throw it at off the end of it. Curling, I have a certain respect for it, but curling on television, not very much. I don't like it. Really? No. I love curling on television. I, I like could watch curling. I could watch curling all day. Couldn't do it. I couldn't do play it. it at four after you get home from school, put on Sportsnet. It's always it's curling. on. It's always on. I don't like it. I think it's just such an interesting sport. Like It's so strategic that yeah. I like watching them line up during, the perfect shot. Actually, when I was a young kid, I like understood all the rules and everything during the Vancouver 2010 games. Sure. And I was watching curling then a lot, but it's just Scotty's tournament of hearts is not as exciting as the Olympics. You know. You're I mean? right. I only watch it when <laughs> the Olympics are. Right. Yeah. Now give me that water polo, bro. Another thing I want to see is uh, something I hate on TV: darts on TV. Hate it. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. But I would like I would go to the Premier League of darts in like in Britain. Really? Because I've seen the crowd. These guys get crazy and like. Yeah. You don't just get like that. Like it's probably crazy. Like the atmosphere is probably amazing. That's a fun. So fun. if I ever get a ch- if I ever get a chance to go to the the like, dark championship in like whatever in Europe or wherever, wherever it's big, where like because when you're around people who care, like it's it, fun. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. It, that's the same reason why going to a live game is just way better than mm-hmm. watching on TV, right? Yeah. All right. What do you think about esports? Oh, they they're talking about Olympics. Yeah. Or? No. 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 E-sports. You need. You can't take the physical. Like challenge out of sport. Well, that's it's what not, they're saying. They're saying that there still is the physical challenge. Like where, they say that they're still in like top shape and stuff. That's really? what like the reports that I not reports that I read, but just different sources I've seen on the internet. Like you sure have to have biased. really good hand eye coordination and stuff, but I doubt you have to be a beast like like a boxer or something like. Or well, curl. that's what they're saying. Like they're saying that uh, physical like wellness is uh, directly correlated with mental wellness, mm-hmm. and that you need like the highest level. Of mental concentration to play these games at this high of level. Yeah. So they're saying you actually do have to be in like tip top shape physically and eating well and stuff like that to be in that mental state to play as well. well you gotta be mentally healthy though. Yeah, but it's not the same as. It's not the same. Competing. You're right. Yeah. It's not the same as. I, I'm as, sure they're right. It's, it's not the same. Not as, easy. I can't. No, but it's not like Usain Bolt out there yeah, yeah. training and you're right. So I like you can't take the physical challenge out of sport. Like that's a it's like chess. Chess isn't a sport. It's a strategic game but where you have to be. Sport. In, Technically, but it's not an Olympic sport. It's not an Olympic sport, yeah. I don't consider chess a sport. I consider it a game. All right. There's a difference between games and sports. Like, right. running isn't a game, but it's a sport. You know what I mean? You're right. Yeah. So, yeah. like, they can't take that out. Might as well have, like, Go and chess. They're big games. A lot of people play them. It takes a lot of physical and mental skill. But that's where I would argue, like, yeah. sure. If people are willing to watch, yeah. why not have it in the Olympics? It's true. Plus, also, everyone in those esports competitions, those teams or whatnot, are just the cringiest gang of people I've ever seen. Do you ever watch, like, a competition between no, two? No, like, I've never seen it. It's really No, bad. if you watch the high-level stuff, it's really professional. What, what are they going to put in? Like, what games? It'd most likely like League of Legends? League of Legends, Overwatch. Dota. Overwatch. See, no, like, yeah, it's not big enough. Yeah, it's, it's pretty big. Overwatch has a huge though. Not yeah. as big as, like, LOL, Dota, and CSGO. Yeah. Not yet. South it's Korea big. would, like, win that yeah. shit. Like, the, the Koreans are really good at that, right? The Asians? Yeah. yeah. But actually, the Americans just won the latest CSGO championship for the first time in history mm-hmm. that an NA team won. 
But there's a lot of, like, see, that's why I like CSGO more, is because it's more, um, it's more worldly focused. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, all right, we have a, a visitor to the dormitory discourse here, Brennan. For the fourth quarter. Pretty good. Yeah. So we're just talking about esports and whether they should be considered true sports and be in the Olympics. Or not necessarily, not necessarily Olympics, but just considered... Well, they're going to do it, right? They said they're doing it. Are they doing it for sure? Uh, not for sure, but like they're, the IOC guy was talking but about it and stuff. This, like, look at it from a marketing perspective. Of course they're going to do it. Think no, about they're the going to lose a lot of people on it. No, they're, they're going to gain no. way more and they're going to lose. They I, would never do it if they knew they were going to lose more people. Just, it's, it's not good. Yeah, no, I think that... that Esports are should be their own category and have kind of their own Olympics. So there should be a separate True. Olympics for esports. Like I know for chess, they're trying to get that in the Olympics, but it shouldn't be. We're talking like, about it. Yeah, the Olympics is a physical sport that you do, right? Mm -hmm. Like this, like brain stuff, like that's not a sport. But see, that's what I was saying to Jonas, is that to be in the absolute peak mental capabilities to play these sports, mm -hmm. you also have to be physically well. You have to yeah, be eating true. perfectly. Your like, nutrition has to be on spot. You have to be working out. You have to feel like strong. You have to feel good to play good, yeah, to play fair. well, rather. But it's not that's the same fair. as competing with yeah. your body. And I would also agree with that. Yeah. That it's not you're not seeing progress every yeah. day, right? Sure. You're. I would say that the biggest difference is that when you're, uh, you're maintaining your body physically to play esports, all you're doing is maintaining your body. Yeah. It's a means to an end. The end is the esports. But if you're running or competing with your body the end is like being high peak physical condition yeah. but like their goal isn't to be in peak physical condition mm -hmm. it's to be in peak mental, peak condition. mental condition so but that's if, different but if it's the same thing if being in peak mental uh, condition also requires you to be in very very high physical but like if they had like a mental sports championship with go yeah, and chess and esports like you wouldn't expect way. runners to because yeah. runners have to be mentally good too yeah you, you, most you can't have one without the other like, so you can't like put that into a like you can't put Usain Bolt in a chess competition same way you can't put yeah. no, chess into no, it's it. like how they have the summer and winter Olympics yeah. it should be like a third one but it's like esports Olympics or something or like like games Olympics yeah, like yeah. something like that I don't know they already have something like they that couldn't, like the they couldn't combine yeah. esports would have to be its only thing they couldn't combine yeah. like chess and stuff you wouldn't watch it if it was the esports like but if it was or, just like a games championship like, yeah. an ex like a world expo where all the game yeah. The games but, came together. Or something. But I think esports is too big to be associated know, yeah. with all the other games. It's like football. No, but another thing that's hard is that for a lot of esports, they already have like uh, world championships. Like for chess, there's already an Olympiad, mm -hmm. and so players already have the opportunity to represent their country. But in a lot of other sports uh, at the Olympics, yeah, that's they the don't, only time yeah. they get to represent their country. So yeah. that's, that's part true. of the reason why they like have shot put and stuff. They have world yeah. championships, but yeah. this is like the peak of. Yeah. And historically, I guess. Yeah, of course. That plays a role. I don't think it's a good idea, and I think they should not do it. Yeah. But I can. I would. I I actually. I I still think I I let I would like to see the Olympics adopt esports because I think I see the value. I don't know. I grew up watching. I watched so much esports, so I'm a little bit biased. I love. I've never. I've watched like. I love the gaming YouTubers. I've never. No, but it's it's different. I know it's different. I love Evo. You guys know about Evo, right? It's no. like every it's like a fighting game competition every year in the summer. They take fighting games and like some high level skilled players like just make the most of like, like Street Fighter, like Mortal Kombat, stuff like that. That's sweet. And it's like some of the stuff they pull is insane, bro. Like some of the stuff like you'll get like the whole room just off. Yeah, like off some the like, yeah. like the atmosphere is so cool. And they just hone sports. their skills to like match. Because the it's game. so tense. Like yeah. especially yeah. that's why I watch CSGO, is because like you can see both guys. So like you see this guy looking at this door this way, and you see the guy that's about to go through the door, but they don't know each other there. So it's like the suspense is building, and then boom, yeah. right? Yeah. Or like some like one of the most famous plays of all time is uh, this guy named Pasha Pasha Biceps, who's like mm -hmm. a fucking crazy motherfucker, and he snuck behind like two other players and was like behind them, like and he could see them both, and there was only like two guys left and just him, and he went pop pop ends the round. Mm -hmm. And like everyone just went wild, like it was in like a huge tournament, like a stadium, like the stadium was like packed. Yeah, that's like, crazy. Of course, it will have appeal, but like it offers more hype moments in that sense. But I don't, I don't see the appeal of it comparing it up to Olympics because yeah. like the Olympics has more like rewarding like. And I guess it's more of a tournament, right? Yeah. And the Olympics isn't really a tournament. Well, they have tournaments, but it's within. only for hockey, right? Like well, all other sports, sports. Well, other tennis, yeah. like all the sports you need a tournament for. They have tournaments. Yeah, but to add a whole another, like it would be a huge tournament. Yeah, they could. It's not logistically a problem, I don't think. And then, but also, to do it in the Olympics, I think would be an issue because part of the reason why 
I think esports is inter entertaining. It's because you see the best players competing against each other, but the best players are all from like the same two countries. Like they're all from either the U.S. or like one of the Asian countries. Yeah. So I think it would just be like Japan or like China or. Uh, but in South hockey, the best players are like in like three or four countries, but they still they're still good players in other countries. I assume that's the same with esports. Yeah. You still have but, good teams. But that's the part. That's part of the reason why I think hockey isn't a very popular Olympic sport either. Is because typically the same countries win yeah. every year. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I guess. Right? Like, if South Korea won the internet, like, the esports competition every year, like, it'd be like, alright, whatever, like, why am I going to watch if I know my team's not going to win? Mm -hmm. a, a lot of Olympic sports are like that, though. Like, the U.S. dominates swimming and all that, and people still watch. Well, not so much anymore. Just when they had Michael Phelps, now it's fair game. I know, but there's certain sports that are, like, yeah, yeah, country by country, like, yeah. you know right. these guys are going like, to win. Like, speed skating in the Netherlands. Ethiopia wins the... Ethiopian Kenya win running, like, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So, you like, it's still fun to watch, though, like... Just to see the competition. So I don't think that's a problem with esports. I just don't like that they're not physically competing. True. Yeah. And also, I think another reason why it shouldn't be with the Olympics is that the Olympics has that tradition of going back to ancient Greece with like those crazy physical games and stuff. And to me, I just, with the torch and stuff, I just don't see esports being related to that at all. So where do you think it'll fit in in the future then? Because it's going to have its own thing for sure. No, just it should be like its own thing. How, how big do you think it could get though? Like... I, well, honestly, it could get massive because esports is already pretty massive. I think I don't right now. Watch. It's it's just only in the EU too. Like it's mostly European no, viewers. Like, I don't I don't play or watch League of Legends, but apparently they rented out Madison Square Gardens for uh for like the arena. Yeah, jeez. So it's actually already <laughs> massive. So I know they definitely could manage to make. A and they like they sell it out. Yeah. yeah, of course they sell it out. Like it's crazy. Mm -hmm. It could be good. It could be huge. Yeah. I think right now the biggest issue facing uh, esports. <laughs> is that they have so the many leagues. Mm -hmm. There's so many different championships that you can win, and there's no one league, right? Yeah. I think that's the biggest issue. No, they, they, could, they, they could make it a way where like, some leagues differentiate themselves, and they could, if some money gets into it, they'll get all the best players into it. Yeah. No, that's leagues. what I mean. All, right now, all the leagues are at this level, but they need one league at least, maybe a couple to step up, and be the league. But there's so many different yeah. games, too. So yeah. Although I, think I, I don't know how they would decide. Well, no, usually it's the same companies that own all the same teams. So like you'll have the same team playing in three different sports kind of thing. So like oh, Team okay. Envious plays CSGO, Dota, oh, okay. and League of Legends. But they have obviously different, different players. Different players, yeah, yeah. Right? That's so that's what it would be like, I think. But like, what other games, what would qualify you to become the new Dota? Or like, they're, they're, maybe there's new games. So. You just have but to become an eSport. Yeah, like yeah. So you'd have to start building games for the specific purpose of becoming eSports. You'd have to have a big player, player base and like, be a popular player. Like Fortnite, you think that could get big? Probably yeah, more... Potentially. Yeah. That's, and that's what it was made for, right? It's yeah. made for competition. Rainbow but right uh, now, Six Siege? No, right yeah, now yeah, it's, yeah. it's player owns Battlegrounds is the eSport for that mm. Battle Royale. Because it's more technical. Minecraft Hunger Games? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking, really. I was honestly... It's funny you bring that up. You remember I was those? honestly thinking about that before. What is that? Battle Royale has been around since forever. Those so like those Fortnite-type games? Yeah. Last man oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Minecraft used to have, like, servers that would just play Minecraft Hunger Games where it would spawn you around, like, a thing. And you just have to, like, go and survive. It was, like, Hunger Games. It was, yeah. It pretty much just imagine the Hunger Games except in Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, so, like, I don't see how this wasn't seen before. I don't know how any, like, no game developers were like, whoa, people love Minecraft Hunger Games. Because, like, people, I remember people, like, love that stuff. Like, all the kids that I play Minecraft with all love Minecraft Hunger Games. Oh, we all it. just takes it. one person to do it. Yeah. Well, it's better with friends and stuff. Oh, yeah. But I honestly think the diversity in esports could be a strength, but the main problem is just going to be the lack of money in esports right now, just because in other professional sports, no, man. it's so easy to go professional, but to be a professional gamer, that's a lot more challenging. Do you know that, that uh, like professional sports teams are buying esports teams? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. The soccer ones. Yeah, all have they go, there's team. a lot yeah. of soccer. Know, but like the amount of money compared from esports to pro like professional but sports. But the money's getting there, right? Like, but it's like nowhere close, right? Well, there hasn't been the time yet, so. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, like, like, soccer's been around for centuries and centuries. Esports has been around well, for really. less... Organized soccer's been around for, like, really, honestly, like, 125 no, years. No, but they need but to But 125 it. years yeah. is, like... It's, it's a long time. But they need to make it just so that, like, the average professional player in esports can have a sustainable career. Because right now, it's only, like, the winners get yeah. everything. Well, yeah. Like, I know in chess, like, the top 10 players do fine, but outside of the top 10, like, you're... You're semi-pro. Yeah, you like, need it to be like tennis, like where like yeah, you can lose all the time yeah. and go to the big tournaments and still be able to yeah. live. You know, true, true. But the prize pools are getting bigger. Yeah, they, they are. They are bigger every year. Yeah, like there was the first million dollar prize pool a few years ago in the league, which is crazy. Or maybe it was Dota. I think it was Dota actually. 
It's crazy. crazy. Yeah. And you know what the thing is? You know who owns esports right now? Valve. Oh my god. Oh, like Steam? Because wow. they own Dota. Mm. They also own CSGO. They own the biggest games in the world right now. Yeah, they could really make this a big thing. The thing I like about esports that could like make it big is that um, it's easy for you to play against one of the pros, so you could build a connection and stuff like that. Like if they could do stuff like and that, it's easy to get into. Yeah, it's easy to little, get into. Very yeah. little cost involved. Yeah. Because so, once you yeah. buy the the pe- like the the computer and you buy the game, you're in. Because if one of the guys, like one of these esports guys, like as a sponsorship duty or something, has to go on a, like a public server or something, you could play with this guy. But if I wanted to play with like David Beckham or something, never, like, never. Yeah. never, yeah. So like, and you get to like what like. These guys all stream too. Yeah. You get that intimate connection as well. You could you could easily they could start a vlog channel stuff like that. So with the team, you exactly. could really get into the culture like and exactly. into the club really. Easy. I think that's where I don't know. I think that's where it sports has an are advantage going. that way. Yeah. I think that's where sports are going, but there's always going to be space for your traditional. You guys sports. know. Uh, there's always going to be space. The, the open gym that the Toronto Raptors do. No. Like where it follows them around and like it's an in-depth oh, really? documentary oh, cool. and they it's 10 minutes on YouTube and they release it every other week or something like that and it goes along with their season and it's a, like it's a reality TV show almost. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, like so it's, opera? it's not like that. Yeah. Like there's no like it's just it's it's a fly on the yeah. wall documentary. Yeah. That's a better way to put it. So like it's 10 minutes. They put it on, on YouTube. It should get way more views. It's one of the best sports like, and it's ongoing. So I think it's one of the best sports documentaries kind of things that are out. Docu-series. Docu-series. And it's free. It's amazing. I think more teams should do stuff like that. Because like, I know so much more about it. They build such a, like a, a stronger following. Yeah. I don't even watch the games, to be honest, like that much. I, I, if the Raptors game is on during Paris, yeah. I'd like to watch that. But, but like, there's usually other stuff. Basketball is in my main sport. But this is so entertaining. Like I want to watch this when it comes out. True. That's the beauty of being able to select what your own media, mm-hmm. right? Like With cable TV, you watch what's on TV. But now, you just watch whatever you, you want to watch. Yeah. But the the choice kind of kills you sometimes. You won't be able it to does. decide. It yeah. does. It's hard to decide sometimes. Your brain, you don't know what to click on. Sometimes I'm sitting there scrolling for like hours. Back in the old days when they had four channels, it was easy. Yeah, you know, you, you just watch your stuff, you left. No, and all that clickbait stuff. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. That's what YouTube has become. Yeah. Well, to end on that happy note, thank you. We're going to clickbait this podcast. We'll be like, yeah, let's uh, clickbait it. A sexual prank gone wild or something. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, we're gone sexual. No, we're gone sexual. Yeah. <laughs> what, like, uh, chirps in the hood gone sexual or something yes. like that. We'll, we'll name it, we'll clickbait it. Don't oh, worry, well, guys. The whole podcast is just never going to give you up by Rick Astley playing for an hour straight. An hour straight of Rick Astley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to the show. I'm going to give you So if you made it to the end, you you'll know, you'll understand the title. Never gonna make you cry. Never gonna say goodbye. Thank you for listening. Thank you. And it's it's been a pleasure on the dormitory discourse. Coolmathgames.com.